It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs, online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Get yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And by the way, I think uh, I was uh, talking a couple of shows ago that October 7th, I believe, is the next Tricky Triangle Slick Track Practice Night. No, it's going to be the 10th, October. Just say uh, 7th is a Saturday, I think. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do it on a Saturday night when they're pretty busy, but so yeah. So October 10th, starting at 7 PM will be the next uh, practice night for the tricky triangle uh, slick track series that goes on every Tuesday night from November to middle of February with a break in for uh, three weeks, three or four weeks in December and January uh, come back January 2nd. Oh, so they race all the weeks of, of, uh, of January, but. November 7th is the kickoff date, and uh, October 10th is the next practice night. Be a good opportunity for you to head over and see if maybe you think it'd be a good op- uh, good thing for you to try on Tuesday nights. And uh, you get to hang out with some local uh, dirt racers and kart racers throughout the area. And you could even get the black flag from the Roger Hayden. He is the guest, uh, I guess, special uh, flagman for the series. But is he flagging on practice nights? I would assume so. He kind of he kind of likes to make sure and get everybody in control and uh, make sure they understand because you know flagging is kind of a uh, it's it, I guess kind of compared to like cooking. There's some pizzazz to it. Caden Murray flags one way. Larry White flagged another way. William Willie uh, Billy Lloyd flagged another way. So everyone's got their own little style for flagging. Yeah, most of them look like they're just chopping wood. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into some news. I'm just going to cut right into it. Kyle Busch Motorsports is unofficially, but pretty much going to be selling the operation to Spire Motorsports, which is kind of a surprise to me because I thought Kyle had a clear-cut path that he wanted to take for the next couple of years with KBM, but I suppose he could pivot a little bit and uh, try some different things, but Kyle Busch Motorsports on their Facebook page posted or on their, uh, I think their Twitter page posted uh, some, uh, a big long post about um, what the, the operation was like when they started it, the struggles, the people they've worked with, the, the drivers they've given the opportunities to the lessons they've learned and all that stuff. And then a little while later, Spire Motorsports on their uh, X account, the platform formerly known as Twitter posted a picture of the KBM and Spire Motorsports buildings kind of super, well, not superimposed, but cropped over each other and says uh, they have tremendous respect for Kyle and Samantha Bush, their staff and everything they built and accomplished at KBM over the years. They created a record setting championship winning team. Those accomplishments cannot be overstated. And they went on to say that uh, announcements will be coming Saturday morning at about 10 a.m. local time at Talladega. So think the writing is on the wall that uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports is going to be getting a big check, or excuse me, Kyle Busch will be getting a check from Spire Motorsports purchasing the operation. Yeah, well, another one of the, uh, from Kyle Busch Motorsports Facebook page. <laughs> I, you know, I had to comment on this one, but it mm-hmm. said, 
um, Kyle Busch has sold the truck series. They forgot that little word team. They forgot the team. team. (laughs) So, of course, my comment was, maybe you should look into hiring a proofreader. (laughs) Yeah, they've hired the team. And then I don't remember who that other page is. Some clown always putting stuff, but he was talking about the other news today from NASCAR where John Carruth is going to drive the Phoenix race for Hendrick Motorsports. Mm. But what they decided to write was he is going to drive the Phoenix um, Xfinity series. They left out the mm. word race. So I come <laughs> in, I didn't know Phoenix. There was a Phoenix Xfinity series. I Well, maybe, maybe, who knows? Um, uh, reading farther on this Jayski article, um, they Jayski is speculating in his original post about it earlier this week that uh, it would take a significant investment to entice the 38 year old owner of Kyle Busch Motorsports to uh, relinquish control of one of the most successful uh, truck series franchises in NASCAR history, and apparently that number is somewhere around $25 million. That was the number that was floating around at Bristol when this was kind of starting to hit the uh, the news wires. Well, if a, if a charter's worth 40, I'm sure thinking a truck series team, the caliber of what he's got with his personnel and the R&D and all that stuff that's going to be sold with it, I don't think 25 buys that team. Now, 25 might buy 51% or 50.5%, mm-hmm. you know, whatever controlling interest would be. Yeah. But Kyle was very specific six, eight weeks ago when he gave his big interview and said his whole plan was to uh, run for Richard Childress for several more years. And then once his kid was eligible to race in the truck series, the year before that happened, he was going to go in the truck series and try and go full time to win a title because he doesn't have a truck series title. He wants to be the first driver in history to win a championship in all three national touring series. Correct. And then when his son was eligible to drive, he was going to drive the short tracks that NASCAR would let him in, you know, and maybe by the end of the year, he graduated to maybe be able to run, uh, uh, a mile and a half track, mm-hmm. but he said then probably it would take a second year to get eligible to run super speedways, you know, Michigan, uh, uh, the fast mile and a half like Texas and Atlanta and obviously Talladega and Daytona and that he would split the seasons with it in one of the, one of the team's trucks. And would- then he said by the third season, he should be able to step away completely and let his son, you know, yep. go race. It would be a gradual transition. Correct. And also keep in mind that uh, Brexton has a contract with Richard Childress Racing. Didn't, didn't, wasn't that kind of one of the things when uh, they made the announcement at, uh, uh, well, when they did the announcement that with Richard Childress Racing and Kyle Busch uh, coming over to race for him, that uh, Brexton was offered a contract. Correct. To come race, so. But. Obviously, whatever he signed at his age wouldn't be legally binding. And I, I really doubt that mom and dad signed a contract for their kid 10 years in advance. Yeah. And you never know. I mean, it's it's funny how quickly things change. Yeah, At the beginning of this season, you know, that was kind of a fun thing. And 
and and you thought, oh, you know, that's kind of cool that that he secured his son's future. Uh, speaking Kyle for for securing Brexton's future, but now Aspire Motorsports kind of okay. starting to come on really strong the last month with creating a major presence in NASCAR. And now this deal is there some sort of underlining agreement between the two of uh, some sort of maybe ownership opportunity uh, with uh, Spire Motorsports when uh, Kyle's deal with Richard Childress Racing is concluded? I have no idea what would go on there. But, I mean, Spire's been a player. They've had two teams for a couple of years. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not new, and they've been representing drivers for, I think, 18 or 20 years. So it's it's not like they just, you know, came came into the dance here today or something. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, what what their end game is, you know, the way it looks right now is they're going to try and put them halfway on NASCAR. But, you know, I don't think they've got that kind of pockets yet. Uh, but, yeah, they're, you know, they're making a splash. Uh, uh, but what their end game is, I have no idea. Um, and with their one-year agreement with Trackhouse to let Trackhouse, you know, lease that charter um, for uh, Zane Smith to race, maybe there's going to be some type of merger between Trackhouse and Spire. It's already yeah. started. Yeah, I th- it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with these couple of stories over the next five or six years. Uh, and you can guarantee the front stretch will be on it. <laughs> We'll be here reporting it probably. <laughs> I'm just, well, I'm, I'll be happy if I'm alive in five or six. You know, years. the way I've felt the last couple of days, me too. <laughs> uh, moving on, Ryan Priest confirmed on Dave Moody's show on Sirius XM that uh, he is set to return to Stuart Haas Racing and will continue to drive the 41 for the 2024 season. So, good news for Ryan Priest. I know there was a little bit of speculation running around if he was going to stay with Stuart Haas racing or if he was going to have to find a new home and he has at least uh, as far as he has confirmed locked up a contract and I'm kind of scanning the article here. I didn't get to listen to the actual audio, but um, I would assume it's probably, it sounds like it's a one year deal. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I gathered and I think the reason he was able to secure that is I, I think he's, keeping some of his sponsors, mm. you know, and if Almarola goes, I don't know if, if priest might be able to go ahead and land that Smithfield deal or not. Somebody's going to land it. Cause I think they're going to stay with NASCAR somewhere. I really do. You know, their presence is big. They always cook at the track and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe they'll end up back at legacy because they were with Richard Petty for a while and, you know, everybody wants to be with Rich Petty. So, uh, well, they do, you know. You sure about that? Yeah. I don't care where you're at in NASCAR. Anybody wants to be with Rich Petty. Texas post-race penalties were announced, as we suspected. Team members from the three and the 51 were suspended uh, for uh, unattached equipment. You know, their tires coming loose while on the racetrack, coming off, excuse me, not loose, off while on the racetrack. Uh, so both uh, there was uh, two team members from each one of the teams that were suspended for, is it a two week suspension or just a one week suspension? Um, I think it's just one week for them, but aren't they still uh, kicking the crew chiefs out? It's, it doesn't say that they got kicked out. It says crew members. Okay. And, and well, I think they got to choose. Maybe not. Oh, it is the next two. 
Next two uh, championship points paying events. Uh, those two crew members, and I, I'd list them off, but I mean, really, who's going to know? It's not, I mean, anything amazing. It's uh, the Jackman and the tire turn. What's that? I said it's him, and it's him, and it's him, and it's him. <laughs> yep. And the only other one was down in the Xfinity Series, the number 27 of Jordan Anderson uh, lost two crew members for the same thing, um, having their wheel come off on, uh, while on the racetrack. Did they lift those two crew members? Because that's where Rowan Mason's at. Yeah. Well, oh, God, I should know, I should actually look at that. I, I guess I, I just kind of scanned over it. Did Rowan get – no, because he's not a jackman or a rear tire changer. He's just row dog. He's just row dog. But, uh, yeah, we tried to catch up. I tried several times to catch up with Rowan while down in Kansas City because I, you know, wanted to get dinner with him and, and just kind of catch up, see what he was doing and get an interview going, but which wasn't able to make it work. But he swore he was coming up uh, into the Omaha area uh, over the holidays. So we're going to try to sit down with him down a Quaker Sake and Lube and uh, have a little uh, dinner and, and just chat about what's going on with him. And it seems like he's uh, doing some good things down in the uh, – or over in uh, North Carolina with NASCAR and, and some of the teams over there. So – Kind of be cool if we got a little rising star in our hands. I think he's uh, might be. Last year he came in and ran the turkey chase, if I remember right. Ooh. I don't think it was the other one. I think it was the turkey chase because I picked him up at the airport and I actually did take him to dinner at Quaker Steak. Oh, that's right. For his what was I doing? I was off somewhere. Yeah, you were doing something. You know, I, I've got one other piece of news that uh, has not hit the wires yet, but uh, seems to be making its rounds around the uh, podcast world. And uh, I got to say thanks to uh, James Rowland for sending me this one. But rumors are starting to heat up that NASCAR Cup Series may be getting a date at Iowa Speedway in 2024. Apparently, there is uh, some negotiations going on with, I think it said Montreal, but I, I I can't remember what track it was up in that area, um, but the cup series doesn't go to Montreal. So I don't know why that was mentioned, but maybe it was New Hampshire or something like that. But uh, negotiations with the track have not been going well. And so NASCAR's backup is to send the cup series to Iowa Speedway. Um, that would obviously in my book be awesome. That would be huge. I would be slightly irritated, I guess, just out of spite, I suppose a little bit because the uh, NASCAR world being the fan base certainly didn't support the racetrack very well. The last couple of years that there was an Xfinity series there, but um, I guess I would be all for that area, getting an influx of, uh, of cup series money and ticket sales and, and seeing what they do with that. Oh yeah. And they could probably cover it with like two foot of dirt. You know, <laughs> Bristol dirt race, man. I saw a bunch of stuff where there was a lot of cup series drivers that, were excited when they announced that that Bristol was not going back on dirt. And one of them was actually Kyle Larson. Apparently there's a group chat with some NASCAR uppers and several of the drivers. And they sent a group, they sent a chat out to all the drivers and just said, Hey guys, just wanted to give you a heads up. We're going to make the announcement this weekend, but the Bristol dirt race is no more. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle was doing an interview and he goes, I don't know why they said, sorry, me. I, I didn't like that race. I, I love racing on dirt, but cup series cars are not good for dirt. Bristol has got a fantastic racing surface and it doesn't need to be covered in dirt. And that was kind of the, the synopsis of the clip that I saw, but I was kind of surprised. I, I thought a lot of drivers kind of liked it. I thought fans liked it, but you know, that's, that's what happens when you do it. 
NASCAR dirt track podcast in Omaha and, and only get to, you know, interact with NASCAR twice a year. Yep. But back to Iowa, I, I, that facility, I absolutely love it. I'm a little worried that it wouldn't be able to hold a cup series race. Uh, I know you said at one time when they first opened the track, did they bring in temporary bleachers? Yeah, they brought in that first race I was at. I want to say their main grandstand originally was like for 40,000. Okay. And they brought in and went because the grandstand basically faces north. So they went east and west on the end of the grandstand. And then they had people on blankets on the hill Mm. in turns four and one. Yeah. And if I remember right, because I was at that first race, I want to say it was 62 or 63,000 people. Wow. Uh, and they didn't could... have any infrastructure. It took them forever to get people out of there because they had like, you know, three state patrol cops standing up by yeah. the interstate. Yeah. And, and they obviously got better at that because, you know, a few years later, you could, you got out of there real quick. So. Yeah. And they've also, it, it, it's, it's kind of nice because it's, you know, I, I always feel like when we leave Kansas, granted, we leave a little bit weird. Like there's several turns and stoplights and it takes you a while to get on the interstate, even though you're right there at Iowa. You're right. I mean, it's what would you say? Exiting Iowa Speedway, the, the actual property, you go past that uh, gas station and you're what, half a mile from the on ramp. I don't I don't think you're a half mile from the on ramp when you exit the the one road that's on the north end. Now their main one that goes right down to uh, um, the credentials office. Yeah, yeah. You're probably a half mile from the interstate there, but up there at that other one, you're, I don't know if you're a quarter mile. Yeah. It, it's, it's quick. And, and state officials, the, the, the security, their uh, uh, police officers will just, they'll keep the traffic flowing and it, it, it empties out really, really quickly. And I think they even came through and, and widened some roads to make a multi-lane. Uh, to help with that egress a little bit, but um, official capacity for Iowa, according to Wikipedia right now is 30,000 permanent seats. Yeah. And they probably did some of the, take the seats out and give some people some leg room, like they've Mm -hmm. done at Kansas and Bristol and everywhere else. So I would absolutely love for that, uh, that to happen, to have a cup series weekend there. I mean, we've talked about it. We've gushed about it for years. Iowa Speedway is my favorite NASCAR track. Uh, you know, it, it it is this perfect mix between being a NASCAR facility or a NASCAR and, and even before NASCAR owned it. But it also kind of still had this small town dirt track feel to it. it. It didn't feel like epic. Like you go to Knoxville and you look around and your mouth's open. You're at awe. But at Iowa, you you kind of feel at home. It, it's there's just something about it that I, I, I really, really liked that I, I, I truly missed. I wish I could have got over there for the IndyCar weekend this year, but just didn't happen. Just didn't. Uh, let's see. Weekend. Uh, oh, you got any other news to talk about? Um, no, I, I, you know, I thought that deal, um, along with Rajan Cruz, um, Mr. Boris said is mm. going to make another foray into uh, a little road course with NASCAR. He is going to drive for Hendricks, also in the Xfinity Series at the Roval. Huh. Oh, that was it. I think the Charlotte Roval may be going away. So 
that's the one that that was they were speculating about was that this will be the final year for the Charlotte Roval. Charlotte will lose a race. They'll move the oval to the fall race. And then they're going to move another race into Charlotte's early, uh, early, uh, early race. And then Iowa would pick up a July or August weekend. Well, Charlotte's only got two races. They used to have three because they used to have the all-star race. Mm -hmm. They've got the 600 Mm -hmm. Memorial Day weekend. And then they've got the Roval. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they would lose the race. They're not going to have another race put in there. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I might not have said that right. So the oval will go, the roval will go away. The oval race will get moved to this race or, or move to the fall of 2024. So it will, the roval will turn into the oval. They'll get rid of the road course and just go with the oval. And then Charlotte's early race weekend will get replaced by another track. Never happened. Because uh, I never happened. The 600 is going nowhere. Yeah, I, I I didn't even think about the 600. I, as much as I would love for that race to go away, it's you're right, it's not. That's the early race that Memorial or that uh, yeah Memorial Day double with Indy and, mm-hmm. and the 600 is always going to be there. That's not yeah. going anywhere. That's a tradition. They get a lot of people. I mean, it's a well so uh, you know done race because they run on Sunday night. People can travel on Monday to go home or they can stay over if there's a rain day or something like that. So that race is going nowhere. If they take the other one away from them, I would be very surprised because that is a uh, Speedway Motors facility. And Iowa Speedway is with NASCAR. NASCAR. um, All right. I would be surprised if they take a, a race from Charlotte and move it to a NASCAR facility. Yeah, I, I, you're you're absolutely right. It's it's got to be a different track then, without but a it, bunch it, of money changing hands. Just to just to tamper expectations, uh, Iowa is was the backup plan. So if the the conversations with the track that they're struggling to get the deal done fall through and and they're not able to get the deal done, then uh, then Iowa will jump in and, and fill the date. Otherwise, it'll be this track. And and I I was thinking it was uh Charlotte, but Dirk, you're making way too much sense. That I, I don't think it, it can't be Charlotte. They're not going to give the six six hundred. They're not going to close the six hundred race. They're not going to. No, yeah, they're not going to stop that. And they're not they're not going to take a um a race away from uh Speedway Motors, who you know owns a lot of tracks. Like I said, yeah. I think it's seven, eight, nine currently that they own. Mm-hmm. I've kind of lost count because they've added stuff in. I mean, they're in control of the old Nashville fairgrounds where they're still trying to get a race. You know, they promised them a race for like the last year now, and they didn't get anything done there. They ran, uh, I know they still ran late models. There, and I I was thinking they ran Xfinity there, but I, I don't think so. But they want a, that area wants a cup race there real bad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're already running at Nashville, the, the newer track that was built you know, around 2002 or so. So I don't know. I don't know what they take away to, to give Iowa a date. Yeah, I don't either. All right, let's move on to this weekend. The Yellowwood 500 at Talladega set for 1.30 Central Time on Sunday. Uh, 188 laps for the day. Uh, they'll take stage breaks uh, end stage one at lap 60 and stage two at lap 120, and then they'll end the race Somewhere around lap 188, probably going to overtime. 
just because that seems to happen every once in a while. Uh, practice and qualifying will happen on Saturday. Excuse me, not practice and qualifying, just qualifying will happen on Saturday. Yeah, that's still the part that, I mean, I realize they're trying to save equipment and whatnot for any type of crash type deal, but I just think, you know, just coming down and qualifying is just so tough on those teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, another little piece of news, um, boy, I don't know. Am I going to, if I'm going to jinx him, if I do this, um, I think I'm going to wait on that piece of news. We're going to wait another week. Oh, to talk throw about it out it. there. Throw it out. You sure. I don't want to jinx him. I like the guy and I really want him to, to, to win the, the race saver national uh, points championship. I don't want to jinx him. Yeah, well, you sponsor him. If that's not enough of a jinx. I oh, I don't No, I, 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 I don't sponsor him. Oh no! I was thinking of the other. The other is a three sixty point leader. So, uh, yes, that one. And by the way, speaking of that, make sure you guys get out to uh, Beatrice on Friday night uh, for what will be their second to last race weekend. It's going to be the uh, Sprint Car Showdown featuring the Malvern Bank three sixty championship night. Uh, uh, Sue Snyder's got a sixteen point lead over Joey Danley, and then they're also going to be featuring the Race Saver Sprint Cars. I am uh, working on finishing up the details to get the uh, get a high noon tasting out there. So if you're from the Beatrice area and you haven't had a high noon yet, get out to Beatrice Speedway, watch some great sprint car racing, uh, rolling race news, and myself, Taylor Computers, are going to be giving away a uh, sprint car rear tire. We're going to finally give that baby away. I think there's going to be a good enough car count that we're just going to go ahead and get rid of it because I think I think James is a little tired of it hanging around his house. So James didn't keep his word and fill it with flowers. Like no. he threatened and threatened and threatened and he badmouthed everybody. <laughs> I'm going to put it on my porch and put it with tire or fill it with flowers. No. Um, oh, hey, by the way, I just found an article from Kyle Busch Motorsports uh, posted eight hours ago that they have confirmed they are selling to Spire Motorsports. Although he never really, never really says it that we're selling to Spire Motorsports. So... Sorry. Anyways, got a little sidetracked there, but uh, get out to Beatrice. Enjoy some great racing. I know there's another race saver sprint car race down south at US uh, 30, US 30 in Missouri. Um, but uh, and I hate it that uh, that that they're kind of they're they've scheduled two race saver sprint car week races on the same day, and they're making uh, an already kind of stressed field because it's the end of the year. Budgets are stressed. Points are already over with. National points are over with. Um, they're making drivers choose, and I, I I hate that. I don't like it. So uh, I'm going to have a conversation with both those tracks about getting their stuff together. Getting their uh, stuff together? You think you carry that much weight? Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. But I'll I'll have the ear of one guy this weekend. So. so like I said, it's always good to get it off your chest, whether it goes anywhere or not. That's, that's I look at it when I say it. That's all I've got. Uh, Dirk, uh, like I said, you got anything else for us? Uh, oh, you no. know what? I do have one other thing. Need to take a look at the current point standings for the Rick Haven Ridge Pickums contest. <laughs> Let's see who is on top. <laughs> oh, look at that. Dirk took the lead. <laughs> well, I've been hanging around up there and when I thought my race was a disaster last week, everybody else, I mean, I thought Kyle Larson was going to do really, really good. And that didn't, didn't come to fruition because there were a lot of people took him. Um, 
a couple had taken Brad Keselowski and then he went for tires there at the end. And, you know, he made it back up to about where he was. I think he went in for tires running fifth and I think he ended up finishing seventh or something yeah, like I that. I think seven is what we saw. But uh, when I had Ross Chastain and when he pitted from second with five or six laps to go in the first stage when he's fighting for points, you know, I just, and then lost eight spots on pit road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there goes my day. Well, I am still, um, what, nine points or in, uh, eight, eight or nine positions in front of uh, James Rowland. So that's my last goal for uh, the season is I at least have to beat James and I'm, I'm actually 11 positions in front of Anthony Ainsley. So if I can beat both of those guys, I'm going to take that as a win into the season. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting, I think I'm sitting pretty good, but you know how this luck is. I mean, yeah. if I would have had Kyle Larson last week, I'd be, you know, 30 points less than where I am. So, yep. but uh, I do have every driver available. I have not used any driver three mm. times yet. That's nice. Um. I think there's one or two other people in that same boat. But I didn't check after last week to see if they had used somebody a third time or not. So, all right. And well, I'll make tell sure everybody out there that bothers to listen to us, I've got one pick with William Byron left and I'm saving it for Phoenix. Oh, I think he's going to be there. And I, I'm, you know, I might place my wager this weekend. I was going to do it last week, but I'm going to make a wager. And, uh, you know, if I'd have done it last week, I'd have probably got better odds because after he won, the odds probably dropped a little bit. But I think he's the one that's going to win the title. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think that's a bad bet. He seems to to definitely have had the season that uh, uh, that he's going to be able to do it. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, he stayed out of trouble. And his crew chief, as far as I'm concerned, is making good calls, mm -hmm. leaving him out there when, you know, it doesn't seem like tires are that big a deal. And at Texas, I don't think tires were that big a deal. They didn't so, seem to be, did they? You know, I mean, there was a lot of guys there in the middle of that uh, last segment when they made their last pit stop. A lot of them just took two tires. Mm-hmm got a bunch of track position. I mean, it took Ross from like 11th or 12th up to fourth or fifth. And then when all hell broke loose there at the end of the race, he was able to scoot up to second. And, yeah. Well, he was fast all weekend. So, but I don't think anybody had anything in all honesty for Kyle Larson. Bubba was fast when he had the clean air, but when he didn't have the clean air, he wasn't that fast. He was a little more loose than, than he was, uh, than he could handle. You know, that's why he was fighting Kyle Larson so hard, you know, to try and get that front spot when mm -hmm. Larson spun. So Bubba didn't do anything wrong. You know, he he was racing hard. There was no contact. You didn't hear a bad word about it from Kyle. So and just imagine, I mean, you're William Byron is in the best position of all the playoff drivers now because he he gets to go into Talladega and just race. He doesn't have to worry about points, position winning the race, he could just go out there and, and, and race. He's the yeah. most stress-free playoff driver out there right now. And he's in a spot that if he decides he wants to help Larson mm -hmm. or uh, Chase Elliott, mm -hmm. you know, or Bowman, 
I mean, he can do that. Yeah. He can push Larson to the lead, and all of a sudden, two of the Hendrick cars are locked into the next round. You know, or he could try and push Chase Elliott to get his win this year. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so many scenarios there, but he's the one that, you know, he could run in the back all day. He doesn't need any stage points, but I don't think, and stage points don't do anything. The only thing that, that helps is if you win the stage and you get that playoff point. Yeah. Because those are still counting. So when he gets into the next round, right now, he's got five more playoff points, which will get him to like 44, I think. So when the next round resets at 4,000, um, he's going to have 4,044. So it gives him two thirds of a race going into the, you know, the eight. So, all right. I think that's going to do it for us today. Make sure you get your picks on on time for the Rick Haven Ridge Pickums contest again, due by uh one 30 on Sunday. If you got any questions, issues, or comments, you can always email me, frontstretchpodcast at gmail.com. You have any issues getting your picks in? Remember messaging me, texting me, platform formerly known as Twittering me doesn't count. Make sure you email your picks to frontstretch podcast or frontstretch radio at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us this weekend. Get out to the dirt tracks. Enjoy the last little bits of dirt track racing in the area. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe's Carding and Quaker Steak and Lube. Um, Great times, great food. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get too quick to steak and lube. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube.